Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Stakes Podcast. I'm your host, Massimo Richo. I'm sitting here with my co-hosts, Dylan and Nick. We're here to help you make smarter sports betting decisions. And as always, disclaimer, please bet responsibly. Uh, this episode, we're going to take a look at the week that was, and we'll recap our uh, bets from last week and our overall record. We're going to take a look at week nine. We got the marquee matchups, our best bets, underdog, and the Thursday night football breakdown. And Nick will give us a uh, little breakdown of week two in the NBA and what it's told us so far. So let's get right into it. Um, the week that was, boys, uh, so far, uh, I'm at uh, two and four. Uh, I had the Bengals and the Jets to get the over from last week. Easily covered because uh, the backup QB decided to hang 30 on the Bengals. Uh, never again taking the Jags, ever. It was a good... Uh, it looked good, but they were clearly the underdogs and it showed against the Seahawks, even though no one expected Geno Smith to come out playing the way he did. Uh, Dylan, tell me a bit more about your record. You're not looking so hot right now. Yeah, 0-4 since I've been on the pod. So the strategy with my bets here is you just got to fade my picks and then you have a better <laughs> chance at winning here. So 0-2, I had, you know, I had the Bengals to cover the spread, minus 10.5. Um, if you're telling me otherwise and you pick the Jets, either you got lucky or you're just shooting darts at that point because nobody, and I mean nobody, had the Jets to cover the spread or even win that game. There okay. was no way everyone expected the Jets to come out and win that game. That, that shocked everybody. Except for that QB. I think someone took a, uh, a bet on him to get the most passing yards for week 8. And he cashed $1,000 bet to win 126000 That no, that's, right. a, that, that's a dart throw. He never he never makes that bet again and gets it. There's no way. I mean, I mean that's a dart. I mean, look at the payout for that. He spent, you know, a $1,000 bet, 126000 So you're going to have your, your lottery ticket winners like that. You know, the, I wanted to give out a good, clean bet. You know, the Bengals, solid team. They let me down. And the other underdog pick, and I mean, this one, you know, I can take a little bit of heat because it was the Lions. Um, I thought they were in a good spot here. To get a W, but um, the Eagles, who I had the week before as as my underdog pick, uh, and they let me down, blew them apart, you know, scoring 44 points on them. So moral of the story is, unless it's a Thursday night pick, I did get my Thursday night pick right. I picked Aaron Jones to score a touchdown, and I'm going to give another Thursday night pick. Uh, it's going to be at the end of the podcast. If it's not a Thursday night pick, you want to fade my picks and do the opposite. So there's still some value in listening to my picks. You just have to do the opposite, right? So... <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Uh, do not do as I say. Do as I don't. I was. I lost that train of thought. Yeah, Let's give it. Do as I say, not as I do. Basically. Do the uh, yeah. Do the opposite. Um, Nick. Nick. Nick shooting at fifty percent, but I'm giving him a bit of heat here because he just puts up one pick every week. So. Yeah, but that's because NFL is not my strong suit. We could if we if I give you some NBA bet, guarantee you I'm going at least at an eighty percent clip win rate. Uh, but 80%. Yeah, yeah, just 80%. 80%. That's how confident it, That's confident. He's just like carrying yeah. his nuts through the door right no, now with confidence. When you dedicate your life to the sport, you you got to come out with some winners. And I got some future bets, some gem bets for all of you to to, to tune in. And I'm going to touch on the NBA week two and what's to come. Uh, but yeah, like Matt said, NFL, I'm one for two. My last two players were the under on both Lions games. So Lions versus the Rams. That cashed easily. And then I took the under on the Lions versus the Eagles and like Mass wrote, um, the Lions pretty much uh, disguise, disguise themselves as a professional football Dressing team. up for Halloween exactly. as a professional football that was, team. That yeah. was embarrassing. And fooling all of us. Uh, that, that, that organization's in a bit of a, 
really bad spot right now. But, but you uh, know what's in a worse spot? What? Kansas City and his brother. Yeah, and we're going to touch on that. Um, I got this as a point. we got to talk about... There's a lot of uh, stuff that's happened across the league uh, last the, during the weekend and as well as within the last 48 hours. There's a couple of big big points to touch on i just got a rant here about family members just literally not doing their the players any favors uh originally <laughs> they're not just not helping with their career right now it's like adding distractions like there's the obvious uh jackson mahomes and his fian- uh and the fiance of patrick mahomes um not doing him any favors doing their tiktok dances and just like tweeting out about their receivers and not catching the ball but like Patrick Mahomes isn't playing well. It's not entirely on his team. So family members need to kind of understand their place. And then recently, Monday, Odell Beckham's father put up a video, 11-minute highlight video of Baker Mayfield missing Odell Beckham on every play that he's he was wide open. Look, I get it. The parents have invested a lot of time on these kids when they were younger, taking them to practice, getting them to play putting them on the right path. They made the pros now. Like, this is where it ends for you. Don't get involved in their careers. It's not doing them any favors. You need to minimize the amount of distractions. They're there now. Let them do their thing. You help them grow into the player that they are and got them to this point. Let them take control now. Don't don't mess up the bag for them. You know, it, this is not going to help Odell Beckham. The, the coach sent him home at practice today, not even due to injury. He just told him, like, you're not practicing today. You're not part of the team. Because this is a distra- it's not just a distraction for the player. It becomes a distraction for the team. When you go after the quarterback, it's not a good look. Yeah. I, I think there's two two big distinctions to make. You know, Jackson Mahomes and uh, and his wife and all that. It's a little different. You know, they're they're not really getting into the game element a lot, but they are still creating a distraction. But they're you know, they're just posting videos on TikTok and dancing. And obviously that's a yeah, bit but of a also distraction. Talking the players in the room. Like she she put Tyreek Hill on blast for not catching a ball one week. Yeah, that I mean, I didn't know about that. That's probably you know she shouldn't be doing that. And but then like fighting with fans on Twitter, like you just don't do that. Yeah, that too. I mean, look at the end of the day, um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, man, you, you secured the bag. You have five hundred million in the bank account. You know, <laughs> your brother, your wife, all of that stuff. You got to handle that stuff, big guy. Uh, at the end of the day, you're getting paid the bag. You're the franchise QB. You won a Super Bowl. You know, you're slated to be the MVP. Yeah, the, you know, it's a little unfortunate to, to see that, but it's really, you know, what's what's even more triggering is something like Odell Beckham Jr.'s, you know. Uh, You're personally attacking Baker Mayfield yeah, with that exactly. video. It's not right. And the worst part is as much as he, sorry to cut you off there, but as much as he, he is a, a very good wide receiver, you see it in his route running, the Browns are better without him on the team. Baker Mayfield plays better when he's not feeling forced to throw the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. So that video literally does just nothing but cause problems. And then obviously, Nick knows how much I really don't like LeBron. I'm an old, I'm an old <laughs> yeah. head with the NBA, so I'm a big MJ fan, and I never like LeBron. But now he's even trying to force trades for players in a sport he doesn't even play in with his tweet about free uh, Odell Beckham Jr. It, it's too much of a circus. That's the problem when you have like a lot of these like marquee names like an Odell Beckham who are who transcend the sport. Obviously, like you see him, he's been partying with like the Neymar's and soccer, yeah. and he's on yachts and he's having parties and obviously other drama. But you, 
you don't need that in your locker room. And I, I think when a team, you see it statistically, they do perform better without him in the in the room. This video just pretty much, I think it sealed the deal for. I think they either waive him or I think I don't think he plays another game in a Browns jersey. Well, they're forcing them to pick sides. At the end of the day, it's like either I'm going to pick Baker, or I'm going to pick OBJ. OBJ's, you know, past his prime, he's a bit, you know, it's over a little bit for him at that point. So if you're going to side and ultimately the the wrong decision was uh, was made by OBJ's, you know, father, which kind of triggered all that. You don't you don't want to do that, especially you know Baker's your your QB. Um, so. Yeah, all of this off-field antics is, is just a distraction to the game. It needs to be handled a little bit better. Um, you know, as long as if some of these off-field antics help win my bets, okay, I'm all for it. But other than that, I mean, uh, you, you got to manage that, man. Uh, you really got to manage it well. It, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, big news. Also, I feel like I, I mushed Derrick Henry. I'm, that's huge. That's big. That's big news right there. Derrick Henry out six to ten weeks with a foot injury, went into surgery. Uh, I literally, we made a case for him as possibly being a running back MVP, made, making a joke that he threw for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, last week, man. What a yeah. what a play call there. And the th- thing about uh, Derrick Henry is that everyone thought he was going to regress this year because two back-to-back uh, years being the rushing leader, you know, the third year, it's just so much. And I guess that's one of the consequences of having such a heavy workload, right? I mean, he was looking invincible. He was looking invincible. But his then, projections, he was expecting to smash all the previous seasons yep. every year. And it, he was looking in, like in, like you said, he, it, he was everyone's human. He was bound to get injured at yeah. some point. Yeah, that's the consequence of, of being overused. I mean, three years in a row, it's, it's just never been done before. And it could partially have to do with the fact that uh, Matthew mushed him a little bit, you know? Oh, for <laughs> sure. I definitely mushed him. Um, it's fine. He, he plays in my division. I'm okay with it. The Colts don't play them again. We already played them twice. But yeah. um, if it if it helps the, the Tennessee Titans kind of tumble a little in the standings and giving my Colts maybe a bit of an outside shot of making the playoffs... I'm totally for it. Yeah, just uh, RIP to the fantasy owners. Oh, man. Crazy. Some guys literally build their teams around Derrick Henry for fantasy as well. This is bad news. This is going to be a lot of of trouble if they can't weather the storm. I I also feel bad for everybody. I took a Tennessee Titans Super Bowl uh, winner at at the odds that was set out before Derrick Henry got injured. Yeah, I, I think this... It all, like I said, it's all depending because we know the offense runs through Derrick Henry in Tennessee. If Ryan Tannehill can step up and show Tennessee that he is that guy with that offense, I can really see the Tennessee Titans' chances of making making a playoff run in jeopardy here. Yeah, I still, I still think their, I mean, their contention shot has diminished uh, by a good amount with. Derrick Henry being up, but they're still they're still in the mix. It really has to come down to what you said, Mass. Can Ryan Tannehill step it up and you know show that he can uh, fill in that gap by being you know uh, QB that you know he could be, and that's that's still up in the air. So it's still questionable, and we'll we'll see in the coming weeks. Yeah, for sure. Other injuries of note: uh, Michael Thomas, another person with off-field antics and having problems with. Uh, yep. Uh, his organization uh, injured again during his recovery. Uh, apparently, it was due to him taking so long to get the surgery done on his foot. I think this is the last time we see Michael Thomas wearing a New Orleans jersey. We'll see, but uh, it's not looking good because I, like I said, that relationship's kind of been tarnished over time because of Michael Thomas. 
I mean, the guy's talking a lot of smack for just running five-yard slants and leading the league in receptions, but it is what it is. So he's gone. Um, tragedy as well uh, with the Henry Ruggs uh, yeah, incident. Um, s- involved in a fatal car crash that killed a, uh, a woman uh, facing jail time. Has been cut by the Las Vegas Raiders, but just to kind of put things into perspective, their car came out supporting his teammate, not on what happened, but to be there for him. Because obviously when you take someone's life, for due to negligence while drinking and driving, you kind of feel a type of way about yourself. I, w- I wouldn't want to be inside Henry Ruggs's head right now. So their car kind of extended his hand uh, as a former teammate now for support to kind of make sure he's okay as a person, obviously. Um, other big news of note, Aaron Rodgers tested oh. positive for COVID. <laughs> we got our joke. first big name player testing positive yeah. for COVID. Honestly, uh, I feel like this past week for the nfl has just been off field antics man that's literally that's what it's all been. it is it's been every not on the field <laughs> off field yeah off these field. guys don't even get on the field uh he tested positive for covid um i think state farm's gonna be really upset i'm sure they would <laughs> they would have loved to have seen the state farm bowl happen between patrick mahomes and aaron Rodgers today uh this uh sunday but not meant to be unfortunately due to covid Uh, We're not going to get into the details because a lot of it's still kind of up in the air on if he was immunized and whatnot. But just another big note before kind of taking a look at some action at that Chiefs-Green Bay Packers game with Aaron Rodgers sitting out. One person I know who's definitely loving this news is Jordan Love. He's just been waiting to take a shot at the the starting role on that Green Bay team. So we'll uh, see how that pans out. Just one note there. So Jordan Love's barely gotten any gameplay. But uh, in terms of the lines, so... The Chiefs opened up as minus one favorite, so just a pick em line. It could go either way. The line's moved to seven and a half now, uh, minus seven and a half. So the Chiefs are minus seven and a half favorites. So there's a lot of uh, line movement there, and it's justified. I mean, uh, Devontae Adams is not playing, right, if I'm not mistaken? He hasn't been cleared yet. I'm waiting to – obviously, for fantasy purposes, I'm kind of waiting to see what happens. But so far, they haven't officially ruled him out yet. Uh, I'm going to keep a close eye on that as well. And I expect, uh, depending what happens there, the line to move also. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully, maybe for Jordan Love after this weekend, his as a backup QB getting a start, uh, hopefully the backup QB trend uh, <laughs> yeah, continues yeah. into this weekend. If you want to talk about that one, guys, uh, let's take a look here. We had three different starting backup quarterbacks, uh, uh, three different quarterbacks jumping into the game or starting uh, this weekend. Uh, Dylan, uh, if you want to take it away. Yeah, so the Saints, uh, you know, uh, started uh, Trevor Simeon in relief for injured Jameis Winston uh, against uh, the Bucks, the Super Bowl set, uh, champs, and they won that game. Cowboys QB Cooper Rush uh, <laughs> replaced Dak Prescott, and they got the W there. So uh, a couple of QBs there. Am I missing a QB? Uh, a QB uh, for the Jets, right? The, yeah, we, we covered him yeah. right away. He, he came out looking like the ghost of Joe Namath, just uh, slinging the ball against the Bengals. What's funny is, yeah. despite uh, I really don't think the outcome of that that New Orleans game would have changed if uh, if Jameis Winston would have finished the game though. That's the problem. He was yep. balling out. He looked like the Jameis Winston everyone expected to come into the NFL. Uh, but you know what? At least uh, Sean Payton knows he's got a very capable backup quarterback in Trevor Simeon instead of the ultimate utility player in uh, Taysom Hill. You know? Yeah, exactly. And you know the. Saints, I'll get into it a little bit later, but the Saints defense is uh, 
is a solid defense here, and they're, they give, sl- they're slowly stepping up again. Yeah, they give trouble, so they're a little bit, um, you know, they're, they're gonna wake up eventually, um, the team in, uh, as a whole. And uh, that was a great win there for uh, for the Saints, and uh, another underdog win. Um, we've also got uh, we got to talk about the three uh, huge underdog upsets, uh, and all three of them covered against the spread this weekend as well. Yeah, not only did they cover against the spread, they won outright. So um, a lot of money went into the favorites in these matchups. And these three bets, if you were betting the underdog, um, you got it. The first one was obviously the the Bengals. The second one was the Saints. That won outright. They were plus four underdogs. And the third one was uh, the Cowboys. The Cowboys were also plus four underdogs. Um, Eventually, the line was moving up and down here and there. But the Cowboys ended up being underdogs when the lines closed. And... uh, it's because I think they officially w. announced Dak Prescott wasn't going to be starting, and they exactly. had Co- Cooper Rush, who looks like someone drew Andy Dalton from memory. It, yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> what a comparison. Yeah, no, for real. Uh, Dylan, you're really going to like this next point. This uh, involves your team, uh, the LA Rams. Yeah, man. Big so pickup here. Huge pickup. And this is science so, you know, the Rams acquire linebacker Vaughn Miller. This guy's an absolute stud. Now, look at the Rams, man. The Rams, Stafford. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Aaron Donald, J- Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller. What a fucking team. This is an incredible team. They're making a run for the Super Bowl. I don't know the ne- next time they're actually going to see a proper draft pick that's viable or that that's relevant. Um, I actually personally, before the season started, placed a futures bet of uh, $250 to win $3,500 on the Rams just for fun as I watched the season along. Yeah. Starting to love that bet just a little bit more oh, with the acquisition it's looking, of Von Miller. It's really looking really good. Uh, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that about uh, when the next time you guys will see another first round draft pick. But at this point, you can't draft a bust if you don't have any first round draft picks. So it kind of saves them that embarrassment after Jared Goff, right? Yeah. And uh, I love the, the, the Twitter post uh, that the Rams made. So they posted on Twitter and it's just a gif of a poker player and says, I'm all in. And he throws all of his chips on the on the uh, poker table. So that's that's a tweet by the LA Rams. That's confirmation. They're they're they're, they're all in. Baby. They're all in. I absolutely. They, they love got a that. they got a taste that last time, and it didn't end well for them. And I really yeah. think now they're really gonna make that push. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, after uh, after be, all that, th- I'd be interested in buying that futures bet off you right now. I'll give you five hundred dollars. You. Yeah, I'm not interested in selling any bet. I mean, you could still place a bet on the Rams to win the Super Bowl. You're not going to get as much juice. But uh, no, nah, but you know what we'll do if if that happens next year, Super Bowl's on Dylan. We'll, we'll all go. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. We'll, we'll save that three point five k and we'll make a trip out of it or something. Yeah, like we'll find yeah. a way to make a trip out of it. Um, and then obviously Geno Smith. I, I want to vomit reading that name. <laughs> Seahawks. I, I, I'm bitter. Fine. Uh, because I did pick the Jags to beat them, and all things were pointing towards that after that Monday nighter against the Saints. Uh, it bit me in the ass. So, Geno Smith, uh, apparently 19-13-1 against the spread yeah, all it's, time. It's just an interesting stat. He's so... If Geno, Geno Smith has covered the spread his past eight games when he's played. Um, so... Just something to keep in mind as you're betting against the Seahawks and if Geno Smith is uh, playing still and Russ is still there. 
just to kind of scare you a little bit if you're going to fade Geno Smith. This guy maybe will lose games and all that, but he finds a way to cover the spread. So uh, Imagine he did that with these 33 games, and he got his start with the Jets, right? Yeah, there's, that's there's it. There's no hope uh, out in uh, New York there. Um, so that wraps up our news and notes with the league. And other interesting topics. Uh, we're going to move into uh, the NBA segment now. Uh, our boy Nick, who claims to be running at an 80% clip right now after talking smack, at, smack to him this, uh, this intro about his bets with football. Tell us, what, uh, tell us what you took away from week two in the NBA. Yeah, thanks, Matt. So uh, I'm going to go down breaking from Eastern Conference to Western Conference. We'll start off for Eastern Conference. Guys, the Miami Heat is no fucking joke. Everybody had their, their opinions on the Heat coming into the, into the season this year. They're trending at 6-1, and one, and they're demolishing the top-tier teams. They beat the Hornets by 16 points. They beat the Nets by 15 points. And Tyler Hero, this man just had a baby. Balling. He, his wife is thick, too. And he... I'm, he I'm he put loving himself in the conversation to, to against uh, Luka Doncic and Trey Young. I, I'm loving the way. T- I, obviously, for fantasy purposes, I'm doing fantasy basketball, and I picked I picked Tyler Hero. I had him uh, picked him late, and he's just been absolutely lights out. If if the Miami Heat continue this, they're they're gonna they're, depth, they're gonna finish first in the Eastern Conference, and they're gonna make it to the NBA Finals. They have the depth for it. They, it's gonna they, they look when, really good. And Victor Oladipo, if he comes back. I'm sure they could they could trade away one or two players to get another uh, another centerpiece, but we'll see what happens. But some good value on the Heat here. Um, for anybody that bets on basketball and is willing to take a nice futures bet, I would take Tyler Hero sixth man of the year at plus two seventy five odds. That is tremendous value, and he is just trending in direction. He's coming off the bench and he's dropping twenty five points average a game. That's that's unheard of. And he's a stud. He's, he's definitely a stud. What, is he injury prone? Has he gotten any into any? He has I think he's, I think this is his third season in the NBA. First season he came off firing. First rookie. Second season uh, he didn't do too well because of the momentum he picked up. You know what it was? Why? Off court antics. He yeah. he he had a lot of uh, spotlight on him, right? Exactly. So yeah, 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 at a young age, you know, getting all these sponsorship deals, and, and, and he's got a, he's got a character too. So yeah. it's bound to come. But he's backing it up now this season in his third 100%. year. It's he's literally a force to reckon with. Yeah. And then you add him with Jimmy buckets. I mean, this guy is the driving workhorse of the Miami Heat. Without without Jimmy buckets, there's no Miami Heat. And then you and so on another bet, I would also take Jimmy Butler to win MVP of the league at plus four thousand. MVP of the league. MVP of the league. I, I take bold. it I, as much. I'm not being Homer here. I'm I'm not a Miami Heat fan. But I really like Jimmy Butler as a player, as a person, the way he, his character and the way he kind of like put himself out there in the league. Uh, his attitude too. I think it was that the situation with the Timberwolves when he was there, exactly. where he takes the the reserve squad and just beats the starters to prove a point. That's very Kobe of him, and I, I really like that. So. I like that. And that yeah. You know what? That kind of sold me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I this like guy's that. a grinder. I mean, you you, uh, you bet $100, you win 4000 You bet $5, you win 270 Risk what you can afford to lose, but it is a very valuable bet. I mean, the Miami Heat, unbelievable. Just continue betting in their favor. Take them against the spread, especially against the low-tier teams, even against the, the good teams. And then we'll continue moving on to the Eastern Conference because... We got the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, these guys are four and four. Nobody projected that, but I'm telling you guys, do not uh, count out the Bucks just yet. They're just playing with a bunch of injuries right now to their starting five, so 
They're struggling. Giannis's brother Thanasis is starting. This guy is not a starter. He's just on the team because of Giannis. But wait till the Bucks get healthy and they'll be back to top four in the in the league. And then we got we got your usual. You got the Nets. They're kind of mid table at the moment. Uh, I'm not too fond of the Nets right now, especially how James Harden's playing. For all fantasy players, um, I would suggest maybe trading James Harden now before he starts to get hot for another piece, like maybe looking to get in Luka Doncic, getting Nikola Jokic, or Giannis Antetokounmpo. Get rid of Harden. He's not doing you any good. And then we got the Boston Celtics. This team is just disgusting to start the season. Where are they? They're 3-5. They're and five. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're not playing well. No one's passing the ball. The, the rebuild that they try to do, it's not going to bring them anywhere. I don't have any good faith for the, for the Celtics. I mean, I used to love betting on the Celtics, but not this season. Not this season at all. Um, and then finally, we'll move on to the Western Conference. So Western Conference, you got the Utah Jazz. Obviously, he's trying to be in first place. These guys, Standard Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rudy Gobert. They bring your team all the way to the Western Conference Finals, but they don't have what it takes to push them to the edge to get it to the NBA Finals. So take them to make Western Conference Finals, but don't take them to win NBA Finals. They're going to choke again, and they're probably going to have to make some trades at the end of the season. Um, but Golden State... Clay Thompson, just saw on Instagram, he's back in a full uniform training. Golden State, like I said last podcast, is a team to bet on to win the NBA Finals as well. Um, at plus 1,000 from what it was last last week, these guys are just remarkable, especially the way Steph Curry's playing too. I know I just said Jimmy Butler to get MVP, but Steph Curry, once you add Clay Thompson in the mix, something to be reckoned with. And then you got the last Los Angeles Lakers. Don't get me started on these guys. So here's a question for you, Nick. Uh, if you had to pick between uh, Jimmy Buckets and the Heat and uh, or Golden State, who do you who do you give an edge? Okay. To yeah, right who do now? you give an edge to? They're all playing at the top of their they're, game, they're, they're, and I I think without Clay Thompson, if it were to be the season ending right now, they go head to head without Clay Thompson. Yet, I think the Heat would win, but it might be okay. an interesting series with the entire team there in Golden State. Yeah, um, if Clay, it, it all depends how well Clay Thompson plays when he comes back from injury. If he's playing like he played two seasons ago, then I would have to take Golden State to get the edge over the Heat, and that's just because of the three yeah. point percentage that they set. The beauty is that Clay Thompson is going to have a little bit of time during the season to kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah, it's um, still early. Take from there. Okay, okay, interesting. I'm going to keep. But, keep uh, but Steph Curry, man, this guy is probably Bro. one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's unbelievable. He's untouchable. He's untouchable. But there is one thing that is touchable this season in the NBA, and that's the current tr- betting trend in the NBA, which is the play the under until the books and the game adjust to it. And that, I mean, the offensive rating, I don't know whoever's been watching the NBA, but two weeks into it, you're seeing the offensive rating has been absolutely terrible. Players like Damian Lillard are not being able to shoot. Shocking, though. It's, it's, that's shocking yeah. for Dame. They're losing key games. They're losing the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're losing to kind of all these low-tier teams, the, the Sacramento Kings, and pretty much just the offense for the for the NBA teams is not doing well. You got Los Angeles Clippers that are one and six, uh, or two and five to start the season. I mean, Paul George, I said it before and I'll say it again. Although everyone thinks he's good, this man's overrated. He can't carry a team without Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers are not going nowhere, and. Partially, the reasons for these unders is there's a new ball, so players are complaining about the new ball. The new ball. That's why you see a lot of air balls. I, b- I believe it because they, I've seen this in college basketball because the ball's not standardized across the different conf- uh, different conferences and regions, and players, depending what ball they use, have actually struggled 
depending the brand or the brand of ball that's being used. I didn't believe, but if you brought it up now, if the new ball at the NBA is causing a problem, it, it, it holds it holds true. It's it's such a problem that the player, the president of the player association of the NBA, CJ McCollum, is holding a players' meeting so they can discuss the new ball. Really? Yeah. So you think they're gonna go back to spot? Uh, was it Spalding before? Um, yeah, it was Spalding before for over thirty years. So I'm not sure what they're gonna end up doing. Uh, but there might be a fix there. Okay, so uh, the, the players are complaining. The takeaway here is slam the unders until they change the ball back, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> pretty much. And then you have the new officiating call where players like James Harden, Damian Lillard, uh, Steph Curry, and Trey Young can't really lean into three pointers and get kind of uh, get, get that artificial con. They create artificial contact for exactly. the extra point. So because of that, a lot of the games are actually going under because when you get to the foul line, you're obviously increasing your points exposure, so your offensive rating. Um, so until players get adjusted to that. And until um, they start to figure out the way around with the new ball, continue betting the under, but bet it with caution. Because some teams can come off flying high. But if you're going to bet the under, take it with teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, these guys are trees in, in the paint. And they're not good shooters, but they're good defenders. And, and they've been impressive. That kind of leads me to my next point of NBA teams to ride. Yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers plus money spreads is a play-to-play up until it's no longer playable. Um, we've seen it time and time again. The books are making them huge underdogs, plus 7, plus 8, plus 10. And these are big-time spreads against big players. You're going up against Jared Allen, Laurie Markin, and, uh, Mobley, um, and Colin Sexton. These guys are all good. Yeah, they're, they might be part of the Cleveland Cavaliers, but these guys can play. And then you've got Orlando Magic, who's actually doing pretty decent based on their team. Mo Bamba. I'm, I'm very surprised for the right. I actually have three of their players on my fantasy team. And because of that, I've been smoking teams. So whoever plays NBA fantasy, I'd recommend picking up Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony Jr., and or Wendell Carter Jr. These guys are absolute gems at the moment. You know who's been surprisingly good? You were even shocked too when I drafted him. You're like, why are you drafting Mo Bamba? He's been averaging like almost like 60 points a game for me know, with his crazy. rebounds and his defensive stats. It's insane. It's because these guys are getting the, just getting the minutes to bet to play. So yeah. when you get the minutes to play, you're, you're more likely going to get points compared to other teams. For sure. And one hidden gem bet that I recommend to everybody, Memphis Grizzlies first half point spread. Don't take them on the full time. Take them on the first half. I don't know what it is with John Morant and the Grizzlies. But these guys come out flying in the first two quarters. And I bet this consistently throughout the first two weeks of the season. I've cashed five out of the six. Um, and it's unbelievable value. Um, and finally, just to end this NBA segment, we got teams to fade or don't bet on. Portland Trailblazers, Damian Lillard, I love him. He was my go-to fantasy player last season. But he is struggling. And Portland doesn't seem like they have any competition left in them. So... Don't touch Portland. Don't take them on the spread. Don't take them on the money line. You're going to ruin your parlays. You're going to lose money. Another team to fade are the Boston Celtics. Three and five off the off the gate. It's not looking good. Yeah. Until Jason, until maybe they make another big trade or Jason Tatum starts kind of, uh, I mean, Marcus Smart came out after a press conference and said Tatum and, and Jalen Brown don't like passing the ball. Um, and there's been some talks that there's a lot of uh, bad, bad energy within the locker room. So I would stay away from the Celtics. And I would also stay away from the Sacramento Kings. These guys are playing well and have started the season off well, but they're very streaky offense. Um, and you can't, they, they're going to do what they do best, and they're going to probably squeeze in at the 8th, ninth round to make the playoffs, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk my money on them. And 
now let's move on to kind of... Uh, we got the upcoming week, week nine in the NFL. Um, let's get it going. So we got the marquee matchup. We got our boys' favorite team in the league. Uh, the Rams versus the Titans. The most important note and the one thing that really stands out this matchup right now Obviously, we discussed the new look Rams defense and how they're really and confirming on Twitter that they're making a push for the playoffs and for a Super Bowl. The Titans without Derrick Henry, it's going to be their first outing without the arguably the engine of their offense against a very, very scary test now with the addition of Von Miller in that Rams defense. So, uh, Dylan, give me your uh, your side of things here, obviously being the Rams homer. Yeah, th- this is a tough spot for the Titans. It's a Sunday night matchup. A lot of eyes are going to be on uh, on the game. It's played in L.A. And on top of playing a tough team like L.A., uh, you know, they're without Derrick Henry first week uh, without Derrick Henry. So it's a tough spot for the Titans. And it is going to be their first real test without Henry. It's, you know, um, only a recently, but it's, you know, they start off with a big bang and playing the Rams. And on top of that, the Rams get Von Miller. So... The Rams are seven and one. Two hundred and one combined sacks between Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Yeah, that that's mental. That's crazy. Ryan Tannehill is going to be under fire all fucking game. Yeah, you know, and not only that, you know, Jalen Ramsey. So defense is absolutely stacked, and then offense. You know, Matthew Stafford's rolling. You know, he has Cooper Cup. So at least from a fantasy perspective, um, Cooper Cup's on pace to, to have the most fantasy points for as a wide receiver ever, ever, ever. So Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford connection has been real. Uh, they have Robert Woods. You know, Tyler Higby uh, pops in when he needs to. And but there's the emergence of Van Jefferson. That's why Higby's Van been a little quiet. It was kind of yep. funny because there's a little side note. Speaking of fantasy, uh, I accidentally, I like uh, my dead last pick last year, took Van Jefferson. and I got absolutely roasted by my entire fantasy league. Yep. And now this year, I just watched a bunch of people have a bidding war with their fab dollars and waiver uh in a waiver pickup for Van Jefferson. It was yep. hilarious. He's a, he's an excellent uh, pickup off of waivers uh, even this week. Uh, so Van Jefferson's kind of emerged too. So the Rams are going for it. Um, the, so the lines are set at minus seven and a half in favor of the Rams. The over-under is set at 53 and a half. Um, so, you know, it, A.J. Brown's going to be shadowed by... Uh, Jalen Ramsey all Jaylen game. Jalen Ramsey, that's it. And, you know... Uh, the Titans' defense is is not is not good, you know. So I I, I just have um, I have trouble seeing how the Titans are going to pull through with a victory in this matchup. I think they're in a real tough spot. Now the spread at seven and a half, I'm still pretty confident here in taking the Rams to to get the W and cover the spread. So that's my take on the matchup, the Sunday night matchup. I think uh, the Rams have looked good in prime time uh, over the past few times that they've played. Uh, you know. With Derrick Henry, it would have been a little different. That line would not have been seven and a half. It would have probably been four, four and a half. Um, so you're giving around three points to running backs. And that's a lot for a running back. Only one person deserves that uplift in the running back position is Derrick Henry. 100%. And not for anything, it's unfortunate that he, he is injured because if there was any ever a time for him to prove that he is an MVP candidate would have been going up against Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald this week if yep. he was able to play. If he would have been able to establish the run and put up yardage and get a touchdown, I really think it makes a very strong case for him as MVP. These are all what-ifs and 
what could have been. And it's it's unfortunate. I would have loved to have seen that uh, kind of play out. Yeah. Now, Matt, I guess a question for you. If if the Titans are to keep it um, close and make it a game, what needs to be done here by the Titans? Who needs to step up? And, like, you know, how, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, they're not going to change their game plan much because it, it was a very run-heavy game, uh, game plan right out the gate with Derrick Henry. It's going to be a little different. Obviously, they, they've signed Adrian Peterson to the practice squad, but that's just... Uh, it's, it's what just about Tannehill? What do you think, uh, you know, he's definitely going to have to step up ta- here, ta- right? No, the, Tannehill needs to show that he's the guy. He needs to be able to show that it wasn't just a run-heavy offense that was making them successful. But like I said, Adrian Peterson being signed to the practice squad is just semantics. At this point, it's just they signed him to the practice squad and then to the first team. So he's expected to get, get the bulk load of the groundwork. They're going to need Jeremy uh, McNichols to to step up as well he was the backup that barely saw any field time with derrick henry in the lineup because derrick henry was doing it all running catching out the backfield he might be heavily involved in the passing game uh catching out the backfield but it's all up in the air we'll see but the one person that really needs to step up and show because he's been kind of inconsistent this season it has to be ryan Tannehill. he needs to show that this is my offense regardless that derrick henry is the engine i can get it done so we'll see. How do you how do you how would you play this uh, if you were to bet on uh, on this Thursday on this marquee matchup? Yeah, the, the bet is pretty straightforward here. It's the Rams minus seven and a half. Lock it in. Um, you know, you can always fade me and then uh, and then take that route too. You might actually win, but I'm going to take the Rams minus seven and a half to get it done um, with ease. And remember that first half uh, trend that Sean McVay has. I think at this point he's like forty one and zero leading at the half. So from a money line perspective, if you smash them into a little parlay and they're winning at halftime, McVay's 41 and 0. So you, you got that parlay kind of coming along and uh, possibly cashing out. But from a spread perspective, I'm taking the Rams minus seven and a half to get the job done. All right. So the mush is in. Uh, me and Nick <laughs> are going to bet the Titans. That's it, that's it. And uh, you've officially destroyed, destroyed Sean McVay's yeah. perfect 41 and 0 uh, record at the. Uh, that would be the ultimate mush. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes it fun. You got you got to play with that. Little you hook. I, with I that think hook. the Rams, I think the Rams win by oh, no, more I'm, than a touchdown. I, I it. it the Rams can take it. I, I don't see, unless Tannehill suddenly becomes MVP caliber again, like he was playing yeah. last year. The, the only way the Titans are going to win or cover the spread is Ryan Tannehill has to have a huge game. Massive. And I'm not banking on that. I'm banking on, you know, the proven track record of the Rams plus Von Miller coming in. Uh, it's Yeah, no, like, it's, yeah. it's going to be good. They're going to want to show that we bought, we got Von Miller. You're going to have to worry about us now. Yep. So, uh, I guess uh, that's it for the marquee matchup. Uh, we got uh, our best bets. Nick, take it away. Uh, I like this one. I'm seeing my team there on your pick. Yeah, I'm going with the Jets versus the Indianapolis Colts over 46 and a half. So it's a Thursday night matchup, right? Yeah, yeah okay. we'll break that down a bit later. But uh, I really like I like the note, uh, the, the pick here for Nick. Break it down for us. Um, I mean, the Colts... Carson Wentz has actually been coming to, to life with his offense over the last three games. They put up more than 30 points each. And, the, I mean, the Jets, although they just had a kind of a superb kind of showcase game on Sunday against the Bengals, it shows that the the, the rookie quarterback, what was his name? Uh, Wilson? The Jets quarterback. 
Oh, yeah, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. So he showed. He put up twenty four points against the Bengals. I and I wasn't Zach Wilson. It was uh, White. Yeah, White. He didn't Sorry, start. White, White. I, I think. Yeah, right. I think the Jets could kind of continue to put up points against against the Colts. The Colts haven't been too good on the defensive end either, but they've been putting up points. So I expect this game to kind of be like a thirty five, uh, maybe thirty five twenty eight. Uh, for the Colts, so I'm leaning with you over here. I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I like no, I like your pick on the over. I just don't think it's gonna play out the way you think it is, where you think the Jets are gonna hang points on the Colts. I really think at home the defense is the defense is very good for the Colts. They're not that bad. They they get caught sleeping sometimes. Obviously, you saw the game with the Ravens, where obviously Lamar Jackson and the rest of the team just woke up in the second half. It was like waking up a bear, but. <laughs> It wasn't the defense that costed them, costed them the game against the Titans this weekend. It was Carson Wentz and the odd time he makes some really stupid passing decisions and he costs them the game. It happens to any quarterback, obviously. It just so happens this week it was the case. I like the overpick. I just don't think it plays out the way you think it's going to play out on the scoreboard. Well, uh, I mean- the Jets, they're not that good against the rush, right? They're not good against the air either. And we'll break that down uh, with the Thursday night matchup. But I like this one. I really think it gets the over, but I don't think the Jets are going to contribute to that over more than you than you expect. Yeah, be- before placing that bet, let's uh, let's wait till our Thursday night breakup. I have some thoughts on that bet. Um, I'm actually leaning towards the under uh, in that matchup. And I'll explain a little bit why. But, you know, once again doing the opposite of what uh, my pick is uh, could work, but uh, we'll, we'll get to it a little we're, bit. We're going to uh, see how it works. You guys start canceling each other <laughs> yeah. out with the Titans and the Rams with uh, with our bets and whatnot. Yeah, it's so it's the first time it's happened on the pod where we have contradicting picks. So, uh, you know, maybe it's, it could turn up a little bit of a debate. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll throw that one up to the fan base and yeah, they'll be able to it. take yeah. sides. Yeah, we'll you can put, let us know. We'll yeah. put you guys against each other. Um, before we get into my best bet, Dylan, you want to break down your best bet? I really like this one too. Uh, I do expect the Bengals to bounce back, but take it away. I want to hear your take on this one. Yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bengals minus two and a half. Uh, before I even get into it, minus two and a half is a great line to play because you got to win by a field goal. Cover the spread, you win. You know, it's not like a minus six and a half or a minus eight or a minus 11 and a half. Bengals got to win by a field goal um, to win. And honestly, they lost to the Jets. Uh, last week and in my in my books that's a bit of a fluke win okay like um, uh, just a bad beat at yeah this point. it just happens right like you know um no one expected him to come out gunning that way against the Bengals. it should have been a walk and it happens yeah given sunday right that's it so you know the way i see the, this line playing out if it weren't for last week the lines would probably be at minus four minus four and a half that's a line that makes more sense to me now because of last week's loss that the the Bengals took against the um, the Jets the books have set the line at minus two and a half just because they're going to see a lot of they want equal action both ways so I think you're getting tremendous amount of value the money is actually split 50 50 and the, the public is slightly favoring uh the Bengals now the Browns that who they're playing tend to struggle against wide receiver positions the Bengals are absolutely stacked on wide receiver uh when they have Jamar Chase um, which we spoke about last week, and this guy's absolutely balling with uh, with um, Joe Burrow. And we have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who are also pr- very solid wide receivers. So, you know, the Browns struggle against that, and the Bengals have that. Uh, the Bengals are healthy. The Browns are not. 
you know, OBJ is out like we spoke about or not. You know, he might have had um, a bit of a shoulder issue, but that's not why he's out. Baker is still struggling through a shoulder issue and their biggest weapons in Nick Chubb um, and Kareem Hunt, I believe, are also both out. They haven't been confirmed, but we're going to take a look. Uh, I do believe so. We're going to monitor it, obviously, because it's going into Sunday. But right now, it's not looking so good with the injury reports from what we've seen. Yeah, it's not looking good. Then they have, you know, Jadavian Clowney here and get it done at home. Win by at least a field goal against the Browns team that's pretty banged up um, and in a tough spot and also going a little bit of off-field antics, which doesn't help the in-game play. And that's what worries me. I really like it. I really think you're gonna. It, it, it could come through on this bet. Baker's com- Baker is confidence for one, and they don't have that reliance in in their run game, which is huge. Uh, the only thing that worries me a little bit is as much as we discussed it, sometimes Baker does look better without yep. Odell Beckham Jr. because he's not feeling forced to throw the ball, and it does. You don't have that 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 tension between the two of them, obviously, because of the off field antics. But the bigger issue here, I think, is more Baker not being 100% healthy, more so than Odell Beckham not being in that lineup. Yeah, and his confidence, like you said, Matt, hasn't really been there, so that doesn't help um, at all. Now, if you look at especially with that video too, it's yeah, that that video doesn't help, right? So, like, if you just look at it tit for tat, defense and offense, um, both ways, uh, the Bengals have the edge in my view. So, um, especially on offense by by a large margin. So. you know, the Bengals are going to come out firing after losing. Nobody wants to lose to the Jets in the league. Absolutely nobody. So when you lose to the Jets, you're going to come out firing this, you know, to win by a field goal. I see it. I see it happening. So that's my lock of the week. And uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, I took the absolute snooze fest of the Monday nighter with this uh, with this best bet yep. this week. But it, it, as bad as bad as this matchup looks, I probably won't watch it. I'll just follow it on the score to make sure I get my bet because right. you're gonna you're, people are gonna be falling asleep during this one. I got the uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh game to go under forty points. Both these teams have been nothing but. Uh, Awful to say the least. Right. You yeah, got uh, Matt Nagy who gets bullied into starting Justin Fields by the general public, not looking very good. Pittsburgh hasn't obviously been themselves, and you got an aging Ben Roethlisberger who's clearly showing that he's up there in age, and he's not aging gracefully like Tom Brady. Let's let's be honest there. So let me break it down a bit. Uh, both Justin Fields hasn't thrown for more than two hundred fifty yards in any games this season which is already a bad sign. Their backfield's already dealing with a lot of injuries in terms of their running backs. Yeah, sure. Um, Khalil Herbert has been looking good. I'll get to that later, but he, he's not... The, the passing volume's not there. He doesn't... He's thrown for three touchdowns all season. Joe Burrow's throwing for three touchdowns almost every other game. Right. Yeah. So that's already a, a telling sign that this is going to be a very low-scoring game. Uh, Big Ben, like I said, also showing his age. Uh, not any better. Uh, he throws TDs, but he has hasn't thrown for more than one touchdown a game either. He he's consistently scoring a a touchdown a game passing, but besides that, he's not putting up enough touchdowns as a passer to make it worrisome for someone to bet the under here. Uh, the and the Steelers are second in uh, least. Um, the sec our second in least amount of rushing t- touchdowns allowed. So, yeah, Khalil Herbert's been looking good as a runner. 
I don't think it's going to be well for them on the ground either when Chicago. So it's going to be a very difficult game for the offense. They both really suck at pa- defending the pass. So that becomes a bit more problematic because as bad as these passers are, the defenses also aren't very good at defending the pass. So it's a bit of a toss-up. But the track record right now with the way they've been playing the season, both quarterbacks, I'm definitely not worried. I think this is going to be a game where these defenses look like all pro teams. That's for, that's how bad these quarterbacks have been. Yeah, the 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 stat that really sticks out to me is Justin Fields hasn't thrown for more than 250 yards in any games this season. So Yo, that's pathetic. You this know, he's so thrown to three touchdowns all season. So uh the under is definitely the play here. I see the sportsbook have made a bit of an adjustment. You know, they've kept it at 40 points, but um even with all of that, even with 40 points, the under the under seems like the play to make here. Yeah, and here's some other trends that I've been kind of seeing on this bet as well. Besides the obviously I obviously the eye test, like I said, these quarterbacks garbage, running game garbage, defenses garbage, but might look good because everything else looks like garbage today on the other side of the ball. Um, the Steelers are one in three when they uh, when the last game they played stayed at the under. So I think that that's a good one. Um, the over is two and five in Steelers games this season as well. Just goes to show that they don't cover, they don't cover the over under uh, the over at all. Right. A lot of these games have been finishing under this season. Um, on the bear side of things as well, the over is the over is one in six in the last seven games. They're yeah. not putting up the points. If if an over that one time the over hit, the other team had to have put up like forty on them for sure. So, I'm. The, the rest of the trends, again, the under 9-1 and one in the last 10 games when the Bears have four or less wins. That's a bit more of a fancier stat to look at. It's not as... Um, it's an aesthetic stat, I would say. Like, it's just pretty to look at and put that in there. Uh, the under is 6-2 and two in Bears games this season. Same thing. It's, it's just really low-scoring games. Uh, unless these teams suddenly learn how to score or Justin Fields suddenly looks like the player he's meant to be. Yep. I, this game is going to hit the under, and I think it's going to hit the under comfortably. Okay. For your own sanity, don't watch the game. Just follow yeah. it for the score. Just follow the score. So in summary, we have uh, Nick's best bet, Jets versus Colts over 46 and a half. Right. We have Mass, Mass best bet, uh, Chicago versus Pittsburgh under 40 points, and right. I got the Bengals minus two and a half to cover. So make a little three-way parlay with that. Uh, as our best bets, and hopefully we, you know, we get those. You're, you're bound to hit one. Nick's one for two right now. He's got the greatest. Uh, he's hitting fifty percent on his NFL bets. Probably gonna move up to two and three. Yeah, with 50, that one fifty percent clip. So uh, you know, let's uh, Let, let's go. Only go up there. Fifty-six percent to be a profitable sports better. Fifty-two point four percent. Fifty-two point four percent, baby. That's the magic number. Yeah. Uh, and Nick's hitting eighty percent on the NBA. <laughs> yeah, no, Nick. Nick's he's putting up uh, fantasy, <laughs> like he's putting up video game numbers on the uh, the betting yeah. side of things in well, the yeah, NBA. Yeah. You see my NBA fantasy team. I'm yeah. putting up numbers there too. I uh, know. I've been yeah. following. We're in the same league. I can't wait for our matchup when it comes around. It's going to be I'm interesting. Gonna, I'm going to smoke you. I'm going to talk. Many, I'm going to talk uh, so much smack. <laughs> 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 um, let's get into the underdog picks. Uh, We've got some really interesting ones here. Uh, I think Nick is starting to get a bit of PTSD as he's looking at Dylan's underdog pick here. So, uh, Dylan, we've got ourselves uh, 
the Falcons again on our uh, on our picks. Fuck off. You're taking the Falcons? Yeah, I took the Falcons, and it's partially has. So here's my thought process. I, I was struggling to find a clean underdog. So then I resorted to thinking about, okay, well, what's going to trigger Nick? You know, <laughs> and came off, came across the Falcons plus six. And I looked into a little bit more, and I saw, I saw some good reasoning behind it. And I think the Falcons could... Um, could keep it close here, and it really has to do with a few things. L- let's start off with some of the negative, or, or you know, the cons of uh, the Falcons. R- Calvin Ridley's left um, indefinitely. We don't know yeah. mental health issues. It could be maybe this season. It could probably be the end of his career for all we know, depending how he how he handles that. And it's obviously been a serious issue within sports. We've been seeing it more and more often. So yeah. So I mean, that's unfortunate, and you know, I wish. All the best to Calvin Ridley. I think mental health is something that's underlooked and it should, you know, um, at the be end emphasized on. At the end of the day, they're humans. Like, Yeah, exactly. They're humans. So, like, you know, I, I wish Calvin Ridley all the best. From a from a gameplay perspective, it really doesn't help the um, the Falcons. And we saw that last week. You know, they, they were really struggling. So, they're now, a, I consider them a bottom 10 offense. And they're playing up against a top three defense, in my opinion, in the Saints. The Saints have a solid defensive core. Atlanta's defense is also a bottom five defense. Uh, we got to keep in mind my pick is still Atlanta plus six, but I'm just pointing out some of the cons here. I see the Saints winning here, but I don't see them getting a big separation, like a huge separation. I still see the Falcons keeping it close. Um, Matt Ryan's going to come out, do, do some work. The Saints, the way they play, you know, it's very... Very calculated. They, they run the clock down. They have their, their script, and they kind of keep it close. So from a defensive standpoint, they're not going to give up a lot of points, but I don't think they're going to put up a lot of points too. So I see the Falcons keeping it close um, to possibly you know a field goal or just a few points and squeezing away a victory here. And here's a very interesting set I'm going to leave you with um, that I saw, and th- this is a great sports betting indicator. If you start... Looking into the analytics and the sharps, this is a great trend to follow from a number standpoint, specifically to sports betting. And you see the reversal here. So 70% of the public is on the uh, the Saints. So a majority of the public is running towards the Saints, right? Saints minus six. But conversely, when you look at the money and where the sharps are betting, where all of the money is going, 65% of the money, so a majority of the money is actually going on the Falcon side. So that's just something interesting to corroborate your like your thought process with when you're making your bet. So with that being said, I'm not going to take the Falcons to win outright. That would be nonsensical in my view <laughs> because, you know, the Falcons. But I'm going to I'm going to take the Falcons to cover the spread and keep it close, mainly because of the Saints defense. Um, and and, you know, they're not going to push the offense as much. They don't have any big names on offense the way I see it, you know, so. I think it's going to be close, and and that's my underdog pick. Last time I took the Falcons against the spread, they got me with a push against the Miami Dolphins. Right, right. So that's let's it. let's hope it works out better for you this time around. Uh, my my underdog pick, I like it. It was a bit tough, like you said. You're looking at some of the underdogs this week. A lot of them are a bit difficult to look at, but I I kind of like this one. I got the Vikings uh, to cover the spread at plus six. Um, after last week losing to a backup quarterback in Dallas and Cooper Rush, I really do think the Vikings are going to have a big bounce back game. A lot of the the trends in the analytics kind of point in that direction. So I expect Kirk Cousins, 
Um, the running backs escaping my mind. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, yeah. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and the rest of them to come out gunning. Hopefully their defense can kind of maybe stop Baltimore because obviously it is the Baltimore Ravens. But saying that, wholly inconsistent. We've seen it happen. They come out either sleepwalking in the first half and going nuclear in the second, or they're just, they bury themselves because they've come out sleepwalking and they just don't manage to get a comeback in the next, uh, in the second half. So the trends are kind of pointing in the right direction as well for the Vikings. They're two and one uh, as against the spread as underdogs this season. Uh, they're also two and one on the road against the spread. So this is all trending in ways that you would like to see. And I really think this can help them. They're also two and one after a loss against the spread, which is another big one because they did lose and uh, Dallas did cover the spread there as well. And then they're two and ones against spreads after they failed to cover as well. So they're going to be all right. I really do think they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to bounce back. They're going to have a big game. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have shown to be, like I said, very inconsistent. It'll be very interesting to kind of see how how this how this works out. But I do I think the Vikings could could get it done. I think that we get the they cover the spread at plus six. It's 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 not too difficult to do. I mean, you're you're betting against Lamar Jackson here, right? Uh, he he took care of the Chiefs. He dismantled the Chargers. You're kind of riding with the Minnesota Vikings. On paper, that doesn't sound too appealing to me. Yeah, but we, we saw how they started the first half against the Colts, where that was a game where they were expected to really blow up uh, to blow up the Colts and, and take it away. And then it, it took them overtime. It, it, I don't think... It took, it took them overtime. They, they won by a point against the Lions. It really comes down to what version of Lamar Jackson do we get. So plus, plus six gives them a bit of a buffer, the Vikings. You know, the bet yeah. still has a bit of a buffer, but... It all comes down to what version of Lamar Jackson we get. And that's been kind of the story with the Ravens. They're just so wildly inconsistent. So if he comes out, you know, the way he played, you know, a few games ago and came up firing the second half against uh, the Colts, right? Right. And then you you see, here's the thing. Like, I'm looking at their schedule here. It's a tale of two teams every other game. They lose to the Raiders. 33 to 27. They probably buried themselves early and they were making some bad mistakes. Okay, everyone's beating the Broncos. They beat the Chiefs. Big statement game. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Barely, barely beat the Lions, which is sad because a lot of teams have been trouncing them. Yeah, the Lions have have had a couple heartbreaking games, but I think Baltimore, being the team that everyone expects them to be, had to come out and actually just kill them. Um, and then it took them overtime against the Colts, another low-scoring game. They go, they, they, this one was an impressive game, too, because they did establish themselves as a possible contender to come out of the AFC. You got them beating the Chargers. Obviously, we know how Justin Herbert's been playing and the rest of that are Chargers offense. Then you get killed by the Bengals. Not that they're a bad team. They're an emerging team. But these are teams that they needed to beat. And it just goes to show how inconsistent this this team is coming out the gate. We don't know what version of this team we're going to get. The Vikings can get it done. They have the weapons. It all depends. The defense on the Vikings side of the ball has also been a little inconsistent. But if they can make some important stops and get into into Lamar Jackson's head, I really do think, I think this one comes through at the plus six on the spread. I like it. All right. So we have Matt Sunderdog pick the Vikings plus six and... Uh, 
my underdog pick is the Falcons plus six. So uh, lock lock those in, and and we'll move right into uh, the, the Thursday, Thursday night matchup. This yeah. is the game I've been wanting to talk about. My Colts taking against the New York Jets after they came out gunning with a backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, the line set at minus ten and a half for uh, for the Colts. Over which under makes at forty six. Yeah, over under is at forty six. And uh, yeah, how about we break it down, Mass? You wanna you wanna get into it? Talk a little bit about the Colts. Uh, loving this. Game. I'm loving this matchup, especially after the way that that game against Tennessee ended in heartbreak at, at home. We're playing another game at home on the Thursday night against the New York Jets. I mean, look, both we all know um, if anyone who's watched that game on Sunday, I had a miserable Sunday. I mean, every sports team I kind of rooted for was just not having it that day. They just decided to show up as the worst version of themselves for Halloween. But Carson Wentz, when under pressure, tends to make some boneheaded decisions. And it, you see it in these stats. Both teams have a combined 11 turnovers. Obviously, it's because... Carson Wentz, it's mostly he's making just bad decisions under pressure. Sometimes they're few and far between, but it adds up. Zach Wilson, and we haven't yet to see the backup quarterback, uh, Mark White, right? Uh, that's that's how bad it is. He's played one yep. game, and he hasn't. we haven't seen any. We've seen uh, one full game from him in terms of game film. So now the book's out there on him. We saw what he can do for an entire football game. Teams are going to be able to game plan against him. So I expect I expect more turnovers to happen, especially with a capable Colts defense. Um, the under is sixteen and zero in the last sixteen Colts games when their opponent has a road losing streak of four or more. So the New York Jets, up until last week, have been on a losing streak. Yeah, they've lost four road games uh, in a row. So uh, you know they they won last week. It was a home game for the Jets. And then, um, like I'm looking here at Mike Mike White's stats. It, that's an anomaly. It's because it, you see it happen time and time again. If a quarterback has some decent level of skill, they'll have very, very impressive debuts. It's very hard for them to sustain that across multiple games once teams do have game film on them. So talk about some of Mike White's stats here because I see, what, 400 passing yards, three TDs against a team they should have n- never won against in the Bengals. Yeah, so yeah, Mike White was the player of the week. Uh, like you said, Matt's 400 passing yards, three TDs. He did have two interceptions. Um, the, th- the thing about Mike White and the Jets is that once again, last week was a bit of a, an, an outlier, anomaly, an anomaly yeah. of a game. So look, it's the Jets. The Jets are going to be the Jets at the end of the day. On the other side, we have the Colts. And in my view, they're a bit of a sleeping giant. They have a good offensive team here. So when you look at their wide receivers, they have T.Y. Hilton and, uh, and Michael Pittman. Um, they have Jonathan Taylor, who holds it down in the running back position. Carson, we- Carson Wentz has his has his moments which are off, but overall, he's still having a good season. If you look at the numbers, 14 passing TDs, they've just had losses in tough spots here and there. But in my view, I think the Colts are sleeping giants when it comes to their offense. And once they start picking it up, there's a good chance they're going to pick it up, um, you know, during the Thursday night or against the Jets. A great spot to do it. At home. Um, at home, they're going to do it. Defensively speaking, I also think the, the Colts are top five. You know, they, they have a f- some injuries. They're a little banged up, but they have guys like Darius Leonard um, and, and a few other big names out there that that can really hold it down. So I think the Colts, you know, they, they had a couple of uh, tough losses, including against my Rams, which, you know, 
yeah, you're okay the, with that one. You know, so what, are you, <laughs> what are you gonna do? But like, uh, f- from a spread perspective, it's a bit tough to play out. I just think the the Colts are definitely outmatched uh, against the Jets here. Um, but their best bet with with what they can do with Mike White offensively, the Jets to maybe try and get something going. It, it would be a fairy tale story though. So you know, in, in, in there's a small part of me that kind of wants Mike White to get two W's in a row, two dubs in a row. Like you know, it'd be a nice little story. But I, I just I'm, I'm not here. Happening. I'm not here for the fucking fairy tales. I want to see that <laughs> W. And I want to see that uh, that the number in the win column change for Mike Colts. Yeah, Fuck Mike it. White. Uh, I've had enough feel good stories watching uh, watching this league. Um, so I don't think they recreate the magic that they had last week. Um, their interior pass rush for the Jets isn't very impressive. Our Colts O line, my Colts O line, is pretty solid. So I think they'll be all right. Well, here, here, let's play devil's advocate for a bit. If if the Jets were to win, what do they have to do here? And I think, like, like I said, you're going to have to get rid of the ball quick. Yeah, They're going to have to play it fast. They're going to have to manage the clock because you can't give the Colts time on, especially that they have a hard time just stopping teams in general. You can't give, especially Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's been a bit inconsistent, but we're starting to see flashes of the Carson Wentz that we saw during that Super Bowl run that they had before he got injured. Uh, they got to manage the clock I still don't think they can get it done on the ground. We we've the we have the best rush, uh, best uh, run defense in the league. We've allowed the least amount of rushing touchdowns against, yeah. Yeah. and it's gonna we're gonna see it. Maybe maybe Mike White is the real deal. On the flip side, somehow he he happens to be the real deal. They're not gonna be able to get it done on the ground with their run game. It's we're gonna we're gonna have to see it this week, right? Can he replicate what he did last week? Is he going to be able to beat the Colts through the air? I don't think so. Yeah, same here. And a lot of it also just has to come down to, once again, I think the, the Colts offense are sleeping giants. You know, they, they have they have uh, some good weapons out there in, in the wide receiver position. And Jonathan Taylor is a great quarterback and that can do it all, can really do it all. So uh, the, the Jets are going to struggle here. Michael White's not going to have his fairy tale moment. Um, no, it's going to come as, to a quick end right away. As much as Nick wants to see a fairy tale moment, uh, you know, Michael Michael White's uh, Michael White's gonna fairy tale, gonna fairy be tale moments don't matter. So we, we we spoke about it. Nick's got the over in this game. You got the under. So break down uh, your play for this week. Yeah, so on this on this Thursday night matchup. So I have the under forty six and a half against the the Jets and the Cool. Throw out a couple of stats here. So Masadori. Uh, hinted at it and mentioned it, but the last 16 Colts games when their opponent had a road losing streak of four or more, so the Jets have a road losing streak of four games. They've lost their past four games on the road. The under is 16 and 0. That's a that's a heavy trend. You know, 16 16 and 0 is the under. The second one is how many points per game? Um, the how many Jets points per averaging. games are the Jets are? At? are the Jets averaging? The answer is 11.5 points per game on the road. So they're averaging 11.5 points per game on the road. Um, listen, the Jets aren't going to be able to put up a lot of points against this Colts defense. The Colts are going to be able to put up points, but I think I like the under if I'm going to pick uh, make a bet here and I'm going to go against Nick. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick. It, it all depends on how this game starts and how the if the under hits. If... if the Jets come out, turn it over, and the Colts have been able to kind of 
bring the ball back the other way for a score on defense when when forcing turnovers against uh, opposing team offenses. So we'll see. Uh, I like I like that play. Uh, I'm really just interested to see the banter between you and Nick when with whichever <laughs> result comes through on this one. Um, I think I'm gonna get you on this one, but we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. We'll we'll we'll, we'll yeah. definitely we'll get a little friendly bet going uh, between the two of you on this one and see how that plays out. We'll get we'll get the yeah. we'll get a good laugh out of it. Uh, th- my pick for this game, uh, I got the Colts to cover the spread at minus ten and a half. They're able to score. Uh, their defense is going to be good. They just came off a really hard uh, back-breaking loss against the Titans. I don't think they lose two in a row at home. I think they bounce back. They're going to smack the Jets. Mike White isn't going to have his fairy tale moment, like you said. He's not going to have the magic second game too. That's where this is where the buck stops. the The book's out. We got a full game film on him. It'll be all right. Uh, I like a player. I like a player bet. Uh, Blair prop bet here. I got Michael Pittman to get over 75 and a half yards and the receiving touchdown. Lock, I could guarantee you guys lock this one in. That's a guaranteed pick. I've been obviously been watching the team, but you look at Michael Pittman, he's clearly established himself as the number one receiver option on this team. Carson Wentz likes him as a target. Uh, we could take a look at his last four games uh, versus the Ravens. Four, t- uh, four receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Okay. The Texans is the only outlier here, but that's because that game was was pretty much in the books really early. The Texans were really bad. And obviously, when you see a stat line for a number one receiver at two and two receptions for 35 yards, yeah, the a, defense were putting up points. They're just managing the ball and not getting allowing the other team to get get a hold of the ball. And they're just kind of playing it safe and running the clock down. So that's the one outlier. But then you go and look at the game right after against the San Francisco 49ers. They were an underdog that game. I think I, pick, I picked them and they came through with it. We got the 49ers, um, his stat line there, four receptions, 105 yards and a touchdown. He's got a touchdown in almost every other game this season besides the Texans game. And then obviously last week against the Titans, this one's an even bigger one, 10 receptions, 86 yards and two touchdowns. He's averaging outside of that Texans game. He's averaging over seventy, over seventy-five yards a game, and a touchdown, if not multiple. So that's a def, that's definitely a lock. I expect him to keep the trend going. It's the Jets. There's there's no way to put it nicely. So uh, that'll be my lock. I got the Colts to cover the spread at minus ten and a half, and the player prop with Michael Pittman over seventy-five and a half yards. Uh, 75.5 yards plus a receiving touchdown. Yeah, I like it. And uh, just to note, our player props have been fire on the podcast. We've been, so we've been killing them. You know, something uh, that's been trending up, it's been our player props. So Michael Pittman over 75 and a half uh, receiving yards pl- plus a touchdown. Uh, yeah. Plus a receiving touchdown. That's a guaranteed, guaranteed lock on this and against this team. And that's lock good, it in. Paying good value. It's playing plus 110. So plus you're even getting plus money on it. Anytime if if all three hit here for you, I think you're gonna be all yeah. right uh, hey, on my picks. Keep those uh, same game parlays in uh, in mind. You know what's where certain sports books you can have same game parlays where you can have correlated parlays. We'll jump into that maybe a little bit of a another podcast, but you can always uh, send us a message on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and all of that if you want some more information on that. But that's a great example of making a correlated parlay. So if one thing hits. Everything hits, and you can kind of uh, set that up. But, uh, yeah, in summary, Michael Pittman over 75 and a half yards. 
and the they cover Colts the spread minus 10 and a half and we have a bit of a contradicting pick on the over under that me and Nick will kind of uh duel at and uh it'll and make it it'll make for some good uh, some good uh, some good banter between the two the two of you guys so uh that wraps up this podcast guys thanks for uh listening in and we'll we'll catch you on the next episode ciao thanks again for tuning into another episode of the daily stakes podcast you can catch a new episode at 9 a.m eastern every thursday on anchor.fm spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts you can find us at our website www.thedailystakes.com across twitter instagram and tiktok at the daily stakes and every monday on the five reason sport network on donald daily at 3 30 you can catch either mass dylan or nick talking the monday night football game and some basketball with our good friend and host of that show alex donald and as always Please bet responsibly.